everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. And you are very welcome along on today's show. Uh, we're going to have Graham Gartland in the house. Uh, tried to get Paul Doolan. We tried Paul Doolan. I thought it was going to happen. He's very busy with Portadown. I didn't tell him he was going to be on. I was going to just say, will you come on the show? And a bit like the last day, he would just turn up. Oh, what's Garch doing here? It's like, this is, this is your life too. <laughs> I thought we did this before. It's like, it's like no, 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 no. Because uh, I'll, I'll explain the context in due course, because uh, when, when Graham comes on, obviously he's going to talk about um, Shamrock Rovers qualifying uh, for, at worst, the Conference League group stages and meeting French Faros, the Hungarian Giants, next week uh, with a view to get into uh, the Europa League, which is exactly what they achieved in 2011 under Michael O'Neill, St. Patrick's Athletic and Sligo Rovers uh, in action tomorrow. St. Pat's obviously with a massive chance can CSK Sofia after an uh, elongated uh, journey back from uh, Bulgaria, which we'll get to as well. We are in association as ever with Collar and Cuff. Um, a little bit about that and on. The Porterhouse Brewery, who... Um, a little bit about that and on as well. We're working very hard on a live show. We're going to keep you informed on that. And obviously Future Ticketing, um, who have been busy of late with all these uh, sold-out games. And I think, Dan, tomorrow in Tallaght, my brother's coming up from Galway. He wants to come up for a game uh, in Europe. I was I couldn't really bring him to Tallaght last, last Thursday. It just wouldn't work out. And I was thinking, if the Pats game is alive, this could be a good game to go to. What can possibly go wrong? It's, it's well set up. Oh, look, it's, yeah. it's, it's terrific. I mean, amazing like, weather as well. It's probably, going to be amazing weather. Like. I think, you know, we'll, we'll, there's a lot of Rover stuff in the mailbag and there's probably, um, you know, with Graham naturally, he's sort of, he's, he, he does all the Rovers games. So we'll probably talk a lot about them there. So I think we sort of have to give Pat's due credit first. I mean, um, they're in an extraordinary position. Um, they really are. Like, that was very good last Thursday in Sofia. It was, they didn't have a huge amount of the ball, but, that sometimes isn't relevant because I think they were never really out of control in the game. Um, we would have been watching it in Tala sort of together. Uh, I know you were down watching some of it in the in the in the suite down below. I was just watching it up in the press box. And you, do you know what you're like? You're watching a League of Ireland game in Europe, and you're like, they're under the cosh. They're under the cosh. They're hanging on here. It wasn't that feeling at all. Not at and all. I think there has always been a confidence in Pats that they have a good counter-attacking ability within their squad. And I think just having a certain quality of player just really helps. I think if you have Chris Forrester in Europe, you have Jamie Lennon, Adam O'Reilly, you have a platform, you have a base, um, Joe Redmond, excellent. You have a chance and you have a chance as well. This isn't to take away from it, but when you're playing teams that are early in their season, there's no doubt, like Sligo Rovers got hammered. We're not really talking too much about them this week. Um, and that was always a slight fear that you'd play a team mid-season. Two, that, two very early injuries. Two very, like everything went wrong. Like, I mean, I think they can do better. I, as as mm. I said, it's a bit like, um, and I'll, I'll talk about it in a while, I think sometimes... You know, when there's a heavy defeat for an Irish club, we there's a t there's a tendency to also overreact about the quality of the opposition as well too, and sort of say, "Oh, they were out of this world! That they were incredible." Um, well, they're like, f what are they fifth in Norway? So I mean, you know, they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't be utterly amazing at the same time. Um, but I don't know. I didn't see that game, uh, so I, I guess Ligo just had a complete off night. Yeah, that's true. Listen, Norway is a strong league, and their their results in Europe this season have been very good. But I think, I think like as well, like I think in the in the aftermath, I think I said something on Twitter, like you know, less said the better about that, and people are saying, oh, like it's been harsh. Like I think sometimes there's too much of a understanding of 
the heavy defeats in Europe too. Like I think they have their own professional pride, those players. They can see the bad goals. And yeah, it's a great consolation thing to be able to say, Ash, they were beaten by a team that's miles better. And you can you can you can both acknowledge that, but also say that they can do better too. And I'm sure they themselves will know. Like they defended really well against Motherwell. Viking were a better team. They didn't defend as well, and then they got really bad. The, con- the context injuries. of that as well. The mid season is, is definitely but it, like massively in, hard. in terms of um, the, pers- the perspective uh, beforehand. St. Pat's and Sligo would have been given a fairly similar chance. You're and right. That's, yeah. that's, now I think. I didn't know much about Sask Sofia. Uh, I mentioned like Christos Rojkov and then Sasa Illich is our manager. They've had like eight or nine managers in three years. That's a good sign for Pats. That means that's a club that's run a bit mad. And maybe the, this is point out to me, maybe Ludogorets just buying success in the Bulgarian league doesn't necessarily help other teams because like they're probably in a situation where they're trying to catch up with them. I thought, I thought Sofia were, were really, really poor. It's not like one of these games where... We'll say uh, Dundalk and Batty when they went to, like, you know, um, they went over to Belarus and were absolutely battered. And you were like, right, they'll they'll do really well in Tala. It wasn't like that at all, as you said. Like, So Pat's, um, I thought Pat's decision-making in the final third, Tim Clancy spoke about this, I think it was actually that great at times. I think, I think Pat's will have their own regrets about the game. But it is this thing about having a turn of, turn a pace in Europe where you can basically Billy King punts the ball long and you can see this is going to happen where this, this ball is bouncing. No, it was Adam O'Reilly. It was Adam O'Reilly. Or Adam O'Reilly, rather. Yeah. I thought O'Reilly and Lennon I thought were really, really good. As you mentioned, Redmond. I, I really fancy Pats to get a result. I think that, that there'll be a massive um, crowd in Tallaby. Great atmosphere there. And the, the thing for Tim Clancy, Dan, is so weird because it's been a real up and down season knocked out with the cup at their first goal okay in the league at best yes they could be one game away from the Europa League group stages no it is a weird season our like, conference league group stages it is a weird season and like they've had excellent performances in that season like I think Stephen Bradley said at one point I think the President's Cup was one of the, the, mm. the chasings they got this season remember the game at home to Dundalk the, the big Stevie O'Donnell game and Dara Burns now Dara Burns was excellent he's gone but um, yeah like you can analyze in hindsight. Then you can you can redraw your view and and sort of make it seem like you, you saw it all coming. I, I I'll be honest, I didn't see it coming. The one the one little niggle, a positive niggle that was there was there was this discussion beforehand about how Seska in the previous round had scored I think three out of four goals from set, set pieces. pieces, or they've been very dominant mm. from set pieces. And I was thinking, right, so this isn't the description of your typical um, team from this neck of the woods that are like all about their attacking patterns and their movement it seems like they do lean a bit heavily on that and then they have some pace in certain areas so mm. they had Barry Cotter taking out the uh, the Dutch sort of wing back they have so they could match him there and you're thinking okay if they defend their box well which they did um, it gave them a sort of a, a platform to be in the game so you can say that now right like you can also look at it now and think did we maybe talk up Ludogorets too much after their first match. You see that they struggled against Dynamo Zagreb. Now, it was a bit of a mad game they had last night. They had three players sent off. But Ludogorets they, were absolutely miles better than what CSK Sofia I know, but Ludogorets conceded. So. But they conceded early goals in both the games against Dynamo Zagreb. You saw in Tala how they mm. actually rocked. And you think... I think like Stephen Bradley has spoken about the travel arrangements for Rovers with game, Gary, yeah. which I don't think it's necessarily come out the extent of it of how bad it was. It wasn't even good. even their hotels they had to move. They had a terrible preparation and they got blitzed in the first half. And you're thinking, how much of that is Ludogorets blitzing them and how much of that is actually Rovers not being at it? And I think maybe, you know, sometimes we can overrate teams that beat Irish sides too. I think we can we can just go, ah, oh, they're on a different planet, we can't compete. You look at their budgets and then you break it down and go, Oh no, actually maybe like maybe not but then listen there will be times like Shamrock Rovers wherever they go now they're going to go to group stage football 
um, you can be sure they're going to play some games in that group stage, right? Where they're probably going to face teams that are too good for them. Um, and we'll see where they go. We'll, we'll talk about this with Graham Garrett when he comes in because it's all this broader debate about where do you want to be? Do you want to be in the Europa League? Do you want to be in the Conference League? You can maybe win more. And that's part of the discussion that we're having with people. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, and I, I'm like I rally against it, and then sometimes I can do it too. You can be almost too reactive to run to one result, and then draw a firm con- conclusion about a league or teams off the basis of it. And and maybe we overreacted a little bit to the Ludogorets first game potentially. And actually, maybe we should have given Pats more of a chance to, against uh, Seska on the basis of how Rovers were able to compete with Ludogorets. You know, like that's I didn't that, that's see. A way of, I did not see this massive scope for CSK Sofia to improve, and I completely uh, envisage Pats creating chances against them um, because Pats. And I think this is a massive factor for Shamrock Rovers. Um, they can change things they do have like Pats have an entirely different team from the team that finished last season but the signings that they've made can um, you know make a difference like like Serge did and uh, I think I didn't think Sophia were good at all to be but, honest but I think they had parallels. like one, one chance maybe in the 90 minutes I think there's parallels to different levels but the Sligo Rovers Motherwell game in a way that although Pats have the lead the pressure is still pretty much on the away side Totally. I think, like, the Pats have a dreadful record in Tala for European games. It's not ideal. I was there for the, um, I remember for the the Legia game, where you're like, and they they were one all. It was such such a good game, the first leg, and then they were absolutely hockeyed. So I don't see it, Dan, at all. I I mean, but but it's a different different Pats team, it must be said as well. So, like, I mean, it's not really relevant. I just just don't see, and the the, the bedrock of the Pats team, where they've arguably, I mean, Stephen Bradley thinks that Manus is the best keeper in the league, and Ang might be the best keeper in the league, but he's been excellent. They have two, Really good centre backs. There's there's solid back four with the two sitting midfielders. I don't see them coughing up a load of chances, and the place will be rocking. Well, d- d- listen, I'm coming back to my previous point about the Sligo Rovers Motherwell game. I mean, the pressure still was on Motherwell coming mm. into that, and the key was Sligo Rovers started scored, back early, and scored yeah. in five minutes, and you could just see the world like you know, Motherwell were just in this situation where it was like a car crash in slow motion for them. It mm. was slipping away from them. Pats have to start well. If Pats start well, I think they can get done. If they if they the first twenty twenty five minutes are ropey and they go behind it, it sort of changes you know and I, I think, don't know you, you say this they have to start well they don't have to start uh, well they just have to don't don't have too many jitters and for a team that has kind of been almost thrown together in some respects they've shown a lot of maturity in this run in Europe um I, I they looked at like a team in Sofia that really knew their jobs and uh, no fear no fear I think as you say Chris Forrester at this level is massive like players like that that can pass the ball really looking forward to it, I have to say really really looking forward to that game. Well, I'm trying to think how many games involve an Irish club this year. And I'm, I'm saying this off the top of my head, so I'm not actually sure if I'm, if I'm right. How many games where the team that scored first has won the game? Mm. I'm trying to think. All the Rovers games, um, that would be the case. Uh, Teams that the, scored first all the, in the, the, the two-legged With the exception like, of Bala at they home. Bala, but they, they lost the game in the night, but it went to penalties. Um, I think that's so. I think I actually think the start is pretty important. I think the the way in which it is, you start if they go one nil down, yeah, I'd be, I'd be, the, I'd be a bit more. What was your stat? Was it in your uh, newsletter that Ireland had produced more winners than any other country in the knockout in the in the European games this year? Like Ireland had more winners in the three competitions uh, combined. Is that true? I hope I put it together in a more coherent manner. What was that. the stat? What are, you, what are you even talking about? Ireland, Irish clubs' record in Europe this season is very good comparative to other countries. 
What, what was that shot again? No, I didn't have anything like that in the newsletter. I'll have to look that up. But anyway, should, the, the, if this I, has I, been deleted, <laughs> obviously I've made a fool of myself. I don't know. I have no, no idea what you're left talking in, about. I've made a fool, fool I, of myself. I think you might, you might be referring to, and I don't even know, I had a piece in the Sunday Endo about, um, which was actually Dodge's stats, John Owens' stats about mm, the I don't think it was Irish article. clubs. Irish, no, then you're on about mm. something completely different. Let's um, go to, let, let for something completely different, let's go to our mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. And by the way, we, before we get to the mailbag, we've got a few questions about uh, the voice or the, like, who is the singer. And I think Dell asked it last week. Uh, and it is from a band called Paranoid Style. And they have a new album coming out on uh, this Friday, which is August 12th. Is that it? And uh, the record actually features the song in which the mailbag music is played. It features the sting from the mailbag. And it may even include... Some mailbag questions. There could be a lie. It could be false advertising. There's no references to Johnny or Dan or anything like that in it. But you know, if you get the album, you might have to listen through. It's like, uh, it's like, um, it's. Uh, I, I heard a story recently about someone who thought they were going to get mentioned in Brian Gartland's autobiography. Not Graham Gartland's. No, and yeah. they they weren't mentioned at all. But obviously, like they probably went through the whole book looking to see their name come <laughs> at up. At least he and then, and then it didn't happen. So you know, you get the album. You never know. One yeah. of your mailbag questions, like she could be mid lyric, and then out of nowhere, just go. Is Rovers better in the Europa League or Europa Conference League? I mean, it would be... I wouldn't be holding my breath, Dan, to be uh, nah, honest. No, but uh, the record's hope, out Friday. I hope, uh, I hope the lyrics would be better. Uh, but anyway, uh, some mailbag comments. Naturally, there's a Rovers focus because it was sent out last night. Um, would RTE rather cancel sports personality of the year instead of giving it to Rory Gaffney? Did you see the... Um, there was a clip put up on Twitter of the Rovers dressing room afterwards and it was like all different personalities. You could do your analysis of it. And it was, uh, you know, Lee Grace and sort of Richie Towell were sort of involved in the dancing. I think Jack Byrne was getting treatment again, not involved. Mm. He was on the, uh, the, the sort of massage table. He might have been doing the laptop or doing the music or something. And it was just Rory Gaffney in the corner just like... Scooping, it was like I mean, if you, scooping it, it food, scoop, like, scooping food, as to be clear, there was no sign of scooping, any scoops at all. Yeah, um, Rory he, from shoes. He was just getting the dinner in. Like he'd obviously missed the dinner. Out of contract the at the end of the season. He was going. Uh, yeah. he, he he was. I think he's he, he was he's been asked. You know who he, who he'd like to play in the next round. Who's he, who does he support? And he made some reference to Galway. Can I can make a very brief point here? Stephen, he's been excellent. Stephen Bradley's recruitment, obviously, he was under his management of that dressing room. When you look at the disparate characters there and keeping them all somewhat like motivated to play and managing a lot of like Ireland internationals guys coming back guys coming to the end of their career a lot of young players seems to have managed that dressing very well and the players that they've lost this year when you think like uh, the big, how big a loss Lopez, Jack Byrne Mandroyu and even McCann last night was they've somehow managed fairly seamlessly to it's, now, it's, now uh, I it's am, a squad game N- Neil O'Reardon's article like did get me thinking yesterday you're like is this good for is this good for the Irish game that Shamrock Rovers are you know getting their 3 million riches getting to group stages what difference does it make to go you know so a part of me died inside but I'm like I still want the I still want the Irish teams to do well in Europe and in fairness Stephen Bradley he was like I'm really hoping Pat's beat Sophia as well like I think we've had it before where people predict the dominance of a club and then it's amazing how quickly you can flitter it away Dan like when Stephen Bradley looked like he was about to leave a couple of months ago I think there was a bit of apprehension in the dressing room because he'd signed all of the players bar maybe in fact all of them I think he'd sign every player in that dressing room so that that sort of plants uh only he would have because think about it. The whole, squad, have come the whole back. squad has changed. The whole squad has changed. It's, six I looked years. At it, six years since his first game. There was no players involved in his first game. There, Roman That's Finn mad. would have been signed in the end of 2016. So you know, th- Good it, point. it's funny. Like Stephen Kenny leaving the dock effectively is what is what 
got them, right? That is what happened. They lost their way after that. They did win stuff in 2019, but they they never got the control back for various reasons, ownership, a lot of things. Things can happen. And if Derry and Dundalk and Clubbers Behind can get strong enough, it wouldn't take much for Rovers to have a bad year, in my opinion. Like a managerial departure. Like 2016, Dundalk were amazing. Long season, players left 2017. Like Rovers next year could have a new goalkeeper. There's a lot of things that can happen that can... Unsettling. Lots to talk with Graham Gardner about point. when he comes in. Yeah. Um, Fergal, how does the two legs we should be compared with other great Irish tie wins? To be fair, I wouldn't say it's massively high up the list, but the, the professionalism was extremely impressive. Um, I wouldn't say it's one of the great Irish wins. I thought it was very opinion. routine. And but that's Bradley, the great thing about it. One of the points he made last night was he didn't think they played well in the first leg. He thought they were poor in many respects. I thought, like... Pat's achievement would definitely be greater if they if they managed to pull it off. But I, I thought Rovers were far no, better than two. There's something to, be to me. To me, there was something impressive about how stress free it was. Exactly. But it wasn't like Belgrade. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It didn't have any of that drama. But that's actually exactly. the, the great thing about it in a way. Um, Crutzy, let's just say the 3.3 million Rovers get if 10% of it was spread out to all clubs put towards facilities, etc. And that 10% of money from all teams, the progress is spread around. There's, the, there's a bigger point there now. now in I think to we you. haven't talked about yet is the, shell, the Shells. I have a lot of, you've got to have a lot of sympathy for yeah. the Shells. So we haven't spoken about the Shells Pat situation and I'm conscious that we are recording this on Wednesday morning and the FAI disciplinary tend to meet midweek. Uh, so I'm conscious of this becoming out of debate. So we might be more so talking about this next week. But it's clearly, but clearly date, you mean, yeah. it could be out of date. Like things could. If if you're wondering why we haven't reacted to something that's happened, it's just because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> mm. You know, to put it that way. Um, I, I I think there's many versions of of um, and many perspectives on this. There's no doubt that Pat's like the aviation situation generally is dreadful. Um, and I think there has to be a bit of leeway and understanding for that. UEFA do have rules about um, charter flights that so you have to travel via charter. How strictly would they enforce that in the hypothetical scenario where a team is trying to go home to play a league game? That's debated. So, sorry, Pats, uh, under the rules and regulations, are more or less obliged to get a charter flight from Sophie. Yeah, that's what it says, yes. Charters for the third round onwards. But again, there's a, I think there's a sort of an element of how strictly would UEFA, like would UEFA come down hard on them if they said we got scheduled flights home? Um, you could, you'd be sceptical about that, but that's, um, did the Pats fully communicate maybe to Shells and the FEI at the start of the week um, the, the, the situation they were in about getting home? That is up for debate. And I think obviously teams will close ranks and have the version of events. The Pats trip home um I think they might have come home through Stansted in the end, um, which is the whole thing was about getting back to Dublin. But I think that they ended up coming back to Stansted and then um, splitting in different groups. That's my understanding of it. Um, there is so kind of a shade I think there's of a real, I think there's a reluctance for anyone to say this, but maybe like that is, that is the case. It was messy for them to get home, yet the situation where shells were where left hanging 48 hours before the game, that's not ideal. I think you're going to have we haven't heard the last of that. I don't know what the perfect answer is. I think, like, I think, um, you know, for example, there's a rule there that if you, it's in the rule book, that if you play back-to-back away in successive weeks, you can apply for a postponement. But mm. actually, Rovers aren't getting that this year yeah. for between these two games because I think the, the FEI were sort of, I think the message seemed to be from the third round onwards, you need to start playing your games. But then Pat's got to buy through the first round. Like just, you could go around in circles on this. I actually have some sympathy yeah. for the FEI on this because like it's a bit of a mess. But just in the broader point about the kind of the fund, I 
I think this should be brought to four again. I, I think if you went to some of the clubs in Europe, they wouldn't necessarily be against the idea because they are getting help by other clubs and they are getting help in... So, it. Sorry, yeah, I'm cutting across here. Yeah. Apologies cutting across here. That question from Crutty, I think that I've heard it mentioned maybe another podcast or just elsewhere in previous weeks. I think the idea that a portion of European money is used as compensation for clubs who have to call off games or something, there might be something in that. Mm. You know, there might be something in that that like just no is it the that, Netherlands where there's some sort of a fund. Um, but, but there is a point where you have to play games too, I believe as well. Like I mean, how are Rovers going to finish their league season if they've so you can't introduce a hard rule of if you're if you're playing Europe the next week you mm. don't play. Um but like in the qualifying rounds when there's so much at stake for each round like there's no perfect answer yes you can put the European clubs against each other but like Derry got knocked out in the first round like if Derry were still in Europe this week this Derry, would be Ro- grand. Derry Rovers would probably be off yeah. Yeah. so there's a real there's no but I think maybe if there was some percentage of European money that was actually used as sort of compensation for clubs at short notice because there is a cost I think whatever shells paths is refixed it's more likely to be on a Monday or a less convenient. It had already been refixed. Shells have taken a couple of two home games in, in, like in three months. Three months. Now the Rovers game was Man. moved again. That <clears throat> Rovers game would have been moved against Shells, but that would have been when Rovers had back to back away trips. So that actually is covered within the rules. So the Shells that is in the participation mm. agreement that Shells would have got. That they would have possibly known. What else have we got? Playing like are playing at home this week, so that's why Shells have a case. And they, I think we can see. You can see there, there is shades of uh, Paul Marnie and the Ollie Byrne days. I was just like shells and like, yeah, like, it really t- brought like, you back. timeline was full of shells, yeah. pats. I was like, Bring you know, back people, people speculate what Twitter would have been like and say <laughs> when Eric Cantona kicked a fan in 1995. <laughs> I now know what Twitter would have been like in 2002 with shells and pats fans. Paul Marnie be a good guest actually. Maybe look into that. Yeah, we could. Um, Duty Stephen, um, how did the fans or Stephen Duty? I mean, I, I mean, it could be like Blaney Shane, Shane Blaney. How did the lads not consider Dave Rogers' goal in discussion for best element oh, goal yeah, in Europe? Yeah. Good point. Good point. What a goal. Uh, he wouldn't tell On you about volley. it. But um <laughs> but, but uh, it was it was it was a hell of a strike, to be fair, and that should be mentioned. One hundred percent. Pat's Ligo Bows and Shells, who was best placed for fourth in a chance of European football? This is a tough one. Leaving aside the Pat Shells if there's a dispute, uh I still think if Pat's got their act together it'll finish fourth. I think if Pats can produce the level, their maximum level that they've produced, they will finish fourth. But obviously, there, that comes back to that uh, consistency question. I mean, we're not really going to talk about it, but I think Bowes, they led in Sligo and they've lost. Sligo coming three days off the back of uh, a tough night in Norway. Bowes should be capitalising on that. And if they can't capitalise on that, when, where are they going to show that instinct? They've made too many changes they have to in cup. the short they term. They have to cup. I think the, the, the cup is, is the everything cup. for them now. Um, yeah, but again, that's hardly, uh, you know, when you're very, very remote chance of winning that, uh, even though I actually tip both win the cup at 16s. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there's, um, no, I, I can see the argument for that. Um, yeah, a lot of questions. We'll, we'll probably talk about some of this with Graham because he, 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 he's, he's with us shortly. So, um couple of comments about the age profile with the Rovers team. I think I'll definitely go there with that. A lot of comments about the TV situation. You know, Declan McBennett's pod interview from last year, I think has got a few listens again. Gavin uh, Combs even gave it a plug in the Times yeah, a year later, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, and it's been mentioned. Well, you'd love nothing more than a mention in the Irish Times, Johnny, as we know. Paper record. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but well, I actually subscribe to the yeah, Indo and yeah, the Times because yeah, no, no, I believe fine. in journalism. It's fine. It's, listen, I believe in you. Um, but but uh, I mean, actually, possibly don't. But uh, the, I, I do, I do believe in it. I, I don't Get know. About, on. I, 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 don't, I don't know about this one. Like, 
like, I, I don't really have an issue with RT not showing the Rovers game last night because they, they are showing Pats and it was like Rovers are going to have they're going to be playing two more games anyway and I know it was like they're going to get into group stages on paper where is Virgin and TG Carr and everyone else why is it always on RT well, I, I think, know it's the state broadcast well, well you do pay, we pay a licence fee like we pay license to so that is the we do actually pay <laughs> a license. Idea, idea. Yeah. yeah, because we got the letter in last weekend, yeah, so obviously we put it in the corner. I was like, uh, imagine I if my RT <laughs> career was like derailed because I haven't been paying my license fee. Um, been but like, I, I, last night's game should be on. I think in most countries in Europe, with the exception probably of Northern Ireland, where they don't really do too much of their teams in Europe, and maybe mm. Wales as well. I think anywhere else that game is on, and I think we get so. I think sometimes like the League of Ireland fans will be cranks on social media. And I know this from working on off the ball and, and I'm sure RT get it. Like the League of Ireland Parish, they can be persistent. Everything can be, you're not doing this, you're not showing that. But within that, there can be a boy who cried wolf thing as well, where this mob is pissing me off, this mob is going mad. But the mob is right about this game. Like this is a, mm. this is a, a meaningful game. It's not as if last night, Tuesday night, that there was a load of other sporting events on. For example, Archie did flag about the Rovers Ludogorets clash with the women's Euro semi final seven months ago. It did, yeah, yeah. That was flagged. I don't have any issue with that. There are contractual things that they're committed to showing. The women's Euros was one. That is one to me where stop giving RT grief for that. Another broadcaster could have stepped up and they didn't. Now, obviously, they don't believe that it's going to pay like to do that. And that's something we have to accept, you know, about viewership figures and stuff. But RT will always get more scrutiny on that as growing the game. I think Virgin spend a lot of money on uh, the group stages. They have Brian Kerr on their on their roster. They're stable. I think if Brian Kerr was commenting on League of Ireland game, people would be interested. They can clip it. It'll draw. And sometimes... The, the Sometimes there's a, bit of, there's a bit of a lost leader that you, you, you're not necessarily going to make money on the game, but there's a good gesture within it that builds a bit of like, you know, people do that. Like that's advertising sometimes. It's not all about the return. It's about the, it's about the gesture. And I don't know. I think Virgin do get off very easily. But I, I'm not sure Virgin uh, will be... Um overly excited by Shamrock Rovers or Irish teams being group stages and I have that on reasonably good authority well they did well I don't know about that they did get the rights they did get the rights for the conference league they went after the rights for the conference mm. they weren't bundled and I think the basis of that was that Irish clubs would be in it yeah. so, so I think I think you know that's I, I, I just wouldn't totally subscribe to the sceptical view that yes they're going to have to pay extra money for uh, an OB and stuff but I think they do recognise they, they went for the Conference League rights last year thinking Rovers would be in it and they didn't they lost to Florida Talent so um, I'd, I'd, I'm yeah, very I'd surprised that Declan McBenna getting involved in Twitter spats I think like I've been there and I'm not head of RT Sports and I, I just think like you're going down a, a hole here where I, I it's, it's funny as well as a League of Ireland person like was I a bit belligerent towards Declan McBenet a year ago? Um, and I think he almost had it, has it in his head now where he's constantly on the defensive about the League of Ireland teams. I really do feel yeah. that. And well, I, I the some of the stuff, there was, there, was, there was references in, in one of the pieces this week to there was like 67,000 people watching the Ludogretz Rovers game versus 90,000 for the Camogie. Not like, a fair comparison. And I was like, where's this been spun from? Like, the yeah. Camogie was a 90,000 attendance on a Sunday afternoon slot. It's actually poor. Ludogretz and Shamrock Rovers was mm. 67,000 people. So like the FBI Cup final has way more uh, viewers than the Camogie. Mm. But if you sort of, if it starts to seep out into the domain, the Camogie is more viewers than the League of Ireland and people start to mm. do you know what I mean and, and I think some of the spin uh, at times doesn't help but in, in saying that sometimes 
I think some of the outrage is a little bit unfair. It's not directed. It's directed in one Graham direction. Graham Garton is waiting. What, do we have much more? Well, I mean, you, you're giving out about you're giving out about like you know going on Twitter and like I'm literally reading out comments on Twitter from well, our, our audience. That is the point. Uh, there is praise for Graham Gartland. Um, Jar Jar is here. It doesn't mean a lot for the LOI except a bit more respect from opponents in Europe, but does not mean rowers have a lot more money than have currently. Is that a good thing for the rest of the league? I, I do understand that point and we've, we've we've probably dealt with that it can be derailed pretty quickly but I just think there's a broader funding argument at the moment as well you see Jack Chambers posts up something last night and immediately is met with a barrage of like well what if you put money in this it was the same last year with Bose and the Viva we've had two back-to-back years of good European results and good events spread around the country at a time when the FEI are in the midst of putting together a proposal to government for funding so the European results at this moment in time are very important in my eyes um, in the context of that bigger picture. I don't think people should lose sight just, of that. Just on I this one, the, the League of Ireland brand, for want of a better word, um, has never been, it's a long time since it's been as good as it is right now. And uh, I do remember when Dundalk in 2016, Dundalk went to Terryland somewhere, I think it was after the Batte game in in, uh, in Tala, and there was a massive crowd in Terryland. So that was just a small example at the time. But the brand, if we have Shamrock Rovers in Europe on TV, Midweek, um, like my brothers, my brother doesn't really watch League of Ireland games, but he watches the European games. Yeah, and, and I, I think there is that. You there know is what? that, I but think I think, the, yeah, I think the TV and also like the TV debate does raise points about facilities and stuff too. Mm, oh, totally. Which like, which is the stuff. So I I do think that sometimes the noise can be can can have its benefits. Like the TV thing is right at the top of the agenda now. It's putting the squeeze on people, asking people to consider why don't we show this? Why don't we watch this? You know, there's a lot of mm. like different elements to that. So I think um I think we're gonna have to you know there's 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 some there's some positive aspects to this. So um yeah there's Mark Murphy every time you heard the name Scoopy is a, he had a Father Ted image. You can forget about Ice Tea and Scoopy Scoopy Dog Dog, which is uh, I don't know. Is that a oh yeah yeah yeah? So um, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's suitably uh, often a sort of a tangent for us, but a great name, Scoopy. To be fair, yeah. a great um, name. Great name. Is that it? I think um, yeah. We've before lot of, we've before lot we go to uh, Graham Garton, let's hear from Stephen Bradley, uh, who was obviously basking in the glory of, and it's hard to believe, six years ago, looked long odds on to be getting the sack. Six years later, he's bringing an Irish team to the group stages for the fourth time. I said that to talent people. I, I, we had a conversation with the players and I didn't want to get carried away with the result because I, I felt that we were poor on the night. I felt that we allowed too many chances. I've said it all, but it wasn't us. And, and we were lucky to get away with the 3-1. So uh, tonight it was about getting back to ourselves in terms of uh, being aggressive in our press, being together in our press. Um, and limiting them to very little because the crowd get involved then and then it becomes a different game. And like I said, I thought we did that. So the pleasing aspect was we, we attacked the game. We, we came here and we attacked the game to win it, which was which was really good to see. That takes a lot of character, to be fair, from the players and they've done that. It's fantastic. Um, like I said, it's one of our targets. It's it's something that, as I said at the start of the year, we want to improve on and we we uh, let ourselves down last year against Talon, although they were a good side, we didn't perform and... and we needed to learn from that and become better. And I think the players and the group, all of us have shown that we've learned from that and uh, and it's made us stronger. And yeah, I'm, I'm just delighted because, again, it's something that we set out at the start of the year, make sure we go one step forward and we've done that. 
Yeah, Stephen Bradley in uh, contemplative and obviously happy and I think relieved mode after Sean McGrover's secured group stages for we don't quite know what yet. And, uh, and they got back into it. We didn't, we, didn't, back into the we didn't include a section of that there, but they did manage to get back into to Dublin rather than the heavy fog in Shannon. Uh, came to their you, came to their aid. You wait. I mean, how is it foggy? Like I mean, it's it's like the heat wave, and and then the, the, anyway. un, unconfirmed reports. There was a ser- number of Shamrock Rovers fans were spotted with fog. Like, massive flares or something heading down that direction. You, but, um, you will notice the collar and cuff bag. I, I put in I a, an odd request to Decky this morning. Would he have any shorts? Because. Uh, my missus has given me, I, I, I appear to be one of these men who's gotten to the age where I don't buy clothes anymore. Um, so I have a pair of denim shorts, but nothing else, right? As in not, nothing in my wardrobe. Jokes. I mean, I have underwear. But uh, I, to be I, clear, I Johnny has not like, been spotted topless around Dublin with his, his, his trusty pair of denim shorts. She's like, we're going to my parents' house, you're not wearing those shorts. And I say, well, I'm not wearing like jeans it's too hot so I was just like oh Decky so Decky's just like like literally you brought them in three pairs that I can try on in all of our marketing well, I, I was in with Decky like he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he was very conscious that you had a good range of colours uh, colours out there you know I should mention Decky was also he wanted it to be met it's it's Deb season at the moment <laughs> not for us obviously we're a long way from that hey. um, but uh, Deb season and there's a they're doing a, a package then in collar and cuff 300 euro all in for your Deb's package so I mean there could be there could be League of Ireland under 19 players out there there could be people listening they're, they're you know their they're offspring are getting ready to go to the to their Deb's God, go in and did. mention us and you'll get a Deb's package there Do you remember the Shamrock and also the shirt and tie but it's wedding season we, we keep talking about suits you know but it's actually it's wedding Do you remember season there used to be all the, the, the Shamrock Rovers jokes Dublin Derby facts on Twitter about like you know playing all the kids and you know playing like 12 year olds 13 year olds Rovers don't have like they've basically one of the oldest teams ever to ever to play in well, well, uh, well we're going to bring Graham in here now but there was one it, other point Sh- I wanted Sh- to Sh- make well, Stuart Wilson was on to me about that because yes. a couple of weeks ago I was on about the age profile of the team you made a few questionable points one of them was like, um, oh, you know, we play too much pretty football. Look at Ballatown; they came up and at him, and now look at us We're on the cusp of well, two no, teams. I, th- I think. That, well, I think I think there was a there's still a point within that that like you in a way the Rovers thing shows it that you probably do need that little bit of steel in Europe still, you know, and you can like Sligo Rovers were bullied by Ballatown like that, that that did yeah. actually happen, but you probably don't encounter too many teams that play that sort of direct style in Europe as much. But anyway. Um, I did mention at that time that I wondered if there, if the experience of the Rovers group would be enough to get them past Scoopy. Past Scoopy. But you look at um, like you look at Idemo and you look at Andy Lyons and you're thinking it's actually a shame that they don't have one or two more other players in that profile. Neil Well, you see, Farouja coming ne- back. Ne- Ronan Finn is out the next game. So yeah. all they need to do is bizarre point for me I don't think Andy Lyons has actually been that influential on the left in the European games put him on the oh, right oh he's influential at home to the Lidigrets. He okay fair enough I think he, he can he can he can do better I think he's a terrific player the Idemo stat Dan he scored three goals in Europe two in the League of Ireland yeah but it goes back <laughs> to your point about mad. but it goes back to your point about pay, pay, yeah. pace and energy I think you need players in that profile to really challenge these sides last, last point sorry yeah and um, Decky said he massively enjoyed the John Martin intro last week. We had a lot of uh, comments on that. It's good when you're funny and like you're making a show of yourself. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm speak so- for yourself. I'm sorry. But John Martin told me, uh, John Martin did give me a lift home, lives in turn. Your um, sound, sound lad. Started telling me a few Paul Doolan stories. Does a very good impression. We did try to get Paul Doolan on the show, Graham Gartland. Didn't tell him that uh, I was going to leave it l- like literally to the last minute saying, oh, by the way, Graham Gartland actually is here again. But. Uh, Portadown starts its season on uh, Saturday, so he's a busy man. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine so, yeah. Well, uh, There's a lovely like, photo of you, you and him, embracing on Instagram in the game against Kiev, was it? No, it was the game to get us to play Kiev. Oh, okay. It was against Talon, yeah. Was, were, you, um, were you at that time? You were at yeah. that game. Yeah. Um, I remember and, uh, speaking to you afterwards. That's right, Dan. Yeah. You, said, you sent a message to me saying, I, I, I sent this to Dooley, he hasn't replied. He did reply, though. He did reply. He did. He said, uh, Who's this? The best, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, not you again, but it was, uh, no, it was, in fairness, the, the podcast podcast last year like the amount of people that have commented on it and since about the <laughs> like either the tension in it the the bits in it that were good um the comments between us how we work things out was therapy, great. Like, therapy session yeah but it was uh, it was good like because you're, you're putting a manager in with a player that like again and like at the time i probably played more games for paul at Trotter than anybody else so like when you talk about actions speaking louder than words, he played me all the time, and like you can't ask for more than that as a player. As much as I probably was thinking, gives a bit more here. He 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 kept playing me, and I touched on some of the stuff that he's touched on, where you know, like the team's resting players after Europe, Pat's resting. Paul never really rested it. Many of us, he always kept the spine of our team strong because mm. it sent a message to the lads that we're coming into play that. We're taking this series because he's playing, he's playing, and he's playing. Wasn't Stephen Kenny a lot so, like that as well in 2016? They didn't make wholesale yeah. changes. No, and they, they were playing every. They were playing every couple of but, days. But the big thing about that Kenny 2016 team was their squad was pretty tight. Yeah, they didn't, yeah, they didn't have yeah. the, the deep squad. I mean, they we had 24, the, we 25. Yeah, times, but they had like the Kilduff, uh, McMillan, and they had Mountney sort of mean I think it was mean it was mean in there in 2016 had he moved on I but like, think he was gone know, yeah like you had the Sava Rogers you had a, they had a couple Paddy Barrett Gartland and Boyle but there wasn't much like Massey and Gannon were still Paddy there. Barrett was there was he he, no, was, yeah. was, he, he played, played in Warsaw when, yeah. when Gartland was, he was, was injured he was excellent but, but like, like there wasn't actually okay O'Donnell was sort but of Shields played yeah like Shields was, and O'Donnell but like you're right it would have mm. been Shields would have played most weeks and to be fair, like there was a spine Boyle would have yeah, played, Massey would have played. Well, look at the Rovers, Gannon like look, look at the Rovers. Yeah. The, the, like even if we we'll say like they brought in Dan Cleary, but like they've had to make so many. Manus for me has been amazing this year. Oh, I, I thought he was. I honestly thought he was done. I remember texting Steve McPhail. Or Steve McPhail said, "Oh, your, your podcast's gone great." Totally disagreed about Alamanis, but each to their own. And this was like last year, and I was like, "Well, he's clearly well, he's, he's regressing. He was making mistakes in Europe. He's been." Unbelievable! What is he? Forty. To be 40. honest with you, Alan, Alan has uh, randomly had made the odd mistake at different ages. We played against them over in Scotland, and and he it was similar in a game against us. But the thing where Alan is that, and what people who don't work around Alan or have worked with him or have been around him, his mental resolve mm. is ridiculous. He's straight down the line, Alan. But his physicality, like he works as hard as anybody. In terms of looking after his body, his mind is always focused. He 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 resets really quick. So I always think goalkeepers need like a, a selective amnesia, and Alan has it where he just moves on to the next one, and he's able and he'll assess it. Where Alan's brought to his game since coming to Rovers is his ability to play out has improved massively, and you've seen that even with the intelligence of his clip in the first game where he clips Burke, straight yeah. into, into Gaffney, Gaffney flicks it on to Bork, and then to go around. So. But Alan has that ability to always come back and work and stuff to make himself better. And that's when you're looking in, you're thinking, ah, he's gone, he's made a mistake. Alan's not thinking that. Alan's thinking, right, I'll move on, but I'll fix it. Won't happen again, type of thing. So that's where I think when you see the likes of MacPhail and, and, and Brad's 
backing him, Stephen Bradley backing him. They know because they're around him every day. The, the, the man is like, <laughs> I've, I've had conversations with him and he just looks straight ahead and yeah, focused on what he has to Would do. Would he make a manager? I spoke to him about coaching recently. He's trying to get into coaching. I think he'd make a really good goalkeeper coach. Mm. Whether he wants to go into management, I don't know. Um, I'd say Rovers would love to have him around. Well, I think he's. I think there's something lined up at the IFA, as far as I know. Okay. I think that's the that's the the situation. Dan knows more. Okay. Than me. I, I thought that was the, that was my understanding of it anyway. Mm. But I got the impression that there was almost a sense that, like, even the, the commentary of, of of what was being said publicly, that this was almost his last season, really, in a way. I, and I think I don't that's know, changed a little yeah, bit. I yeah, think there's talk of a yeah, change. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. It's like the old Fergie quitting or something. It, like you know, sometimes there's a there's a liberation from that, but then you're, you're so good, you realise. Oh and God, you get, I'm, and, I'm and still he, good at this. And yeah. also, you get carried away with the wave of it. That oh, this is going well, and the the buzz around Europe and all that. And I can still do this. He's got to go out and hide, does he? Not like the the European there's campaign. Just two ways looking. Like Guy Rogers mm. left after that game against Arsenal, didn't he? And there's something nice about mm. that. But I mean. I can imagine my brothers would be having a discussion because maybe 18 months ago or so we thought Ed McGinty would go there as a succession type thing and mm. that, that obviously well, Ed McGinty had a colourful uh, Ed McGinty had an absolute nightmare for the first half last <laughs> night but then has won back-to-back penalty shootouts against Welsh teams playing in different leagues I guess the point of the, like, the Pico injury McCann has been outstanding came in then he was out um, Jack Byrne has barely played Mandroyu left They've had other injuries here and there, and they've kind of coped with it reasonably seamlessly, I think. Yeah, I think when you see what, what he tried to bring in to know that he was going to have a, a tough fixture list around this time, I think that's where Stephen has built his squad really well. That, the Dan Cleary signing's a massive one as well for How me. How does he play that? Like, I mean this in a nice possible way, but I was streaming from my phone, and I actually was struggling to tell players from each other on the TV, so by all accounts, Cleary played well last night. He did, and... and we were commenting on the game last night because they played Adetunde off the left-hand side this time and they played Georgiev down the middle. Mm. And I... Hor had played in the middle game and done really well against Adetunde in the home leg and I thought, well, maybe he'll put Cleary to the right of it, but he kept Cleary down the middle. And Hor and Cleary done really well in terms of dealing with diagonal from the, the right-hand side. I think it was Alvarez coming in on his left foot and he kept trying to load up and you can see where I, I, I remember touching on the same round and needs to be careful that he, he, he stays in distance, he stays in touching distance with them where he's close by that for second balls. But they dealt with, he dealt mm. with a lot that to the point at half time, Scoopy have to change and they, they, they end up changing how they play because they weren't getting any joy out of hitting them. So, it's you, just so you, lovely touched on it, you touched on it with Redmond. Yeah. Again, like being early dominant in mm. Europe is a massive thing because then it has to. They have to do something else. Yeah. It's, so it's just so lovely to listen to his analysis. I mean, I think you give it a, a plug yeah, on Twitter last night because well. when you're pl- writing a report from a, a stream, it is. It oh, does listen, help. Like. I, I just, I, I'm not going to get into. I, I hate doing games off a of stream, yeah. mm. particularly trying to do a report because I think, and that's like that's the benefit of the X Pro. You'll see things quicker. But I sort of feel like I need to be in the ground to sort of pick up. And yeah, stuff. yeah. And last night, even the first 10, 15 minutes, you're like, right, Green and Gaffney. What is Gaffney is playing one of the two? Because then at times he was quite yeah. advanced as well. You're trying to figure out that, and I, I just personally, I just find it to be in the stadium, so to be a lot they, easier. But like it, the 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 benefit of someone like you could who can see it very quickly. Can I just ask you because like a lot of people like I think it was a record number of streams for LOI TV. 
When did you know you were definitely doing the commentary? Look, I got the. I think I put out a tweet. It actually was it was one of the better ones. I went. I think I got a little bit of traction. I put out the Dale Boy and Rodney one where they're running through the smoke, um, and I got a bit. Of, it was it was just. But which one, one are you? I don't know. I, probably Rodney because I'm the taller one. But um, it was yeah. We just got a show. Are you re- are you ready? Are you able for this? And uh, I had to move. My whole my two kids are in a, a football camp out in Lucan. They're one of our partnership clubs. So my two boys are in that. So they had to get collected. One of them was then training, so I had to bring him training. And then we were all setting up up in Rollstone. We'd done it in the office up in Rollstone. So, um, Is that where you did it? That, yeah. that, I, I wasn't sure about that. And like, so Con, I brought Con in. We let them in. We got the we got everything ready, uh, and we were ready to go then. But, but we got the show, I think it was about 2 o'clock. But Rovers, in fairness to the club, and I will give them credit for this, they, they went, they made sure they, paid, they had to pay a lot to get the, the feed, like. Yeah, it so seems the, like it might have hopefully paid off for them, I think, did, in terms yeah. of the, the takeoff. Do you have any idea of figures? Well, I, I think they said it was a record LOI team. They're slow to sort of disclose those figures. And like those figures may not be huge. They may not sound huge to you know the layman as such, but they could be very big in, uh, in that way. I world, spend you know more I mean? watching LOI teams in Europe than I'm going to pay for these shorts, actually. Like, they spent like 21... Just to be clear, Jackie, you will be paying for those yeah, shorts. Twi- um, I, spend tw- like, I must have spent 40 or 50 quid just watching teams that don't even support playing in Europe, but at least you have the option. Can I ask you, Graham? just... I mean, yeah, I know we're talking about the Paul Doolan uh, <laughs> team, right? Because um, you're obviously delighted. You have a Rovers, very strong Rovers connection, and you're buzzing for them. But as a as an ex player, is is part of you thinking? I wish we had this second chance option oh, when we were playing. Oh, do you know what? One hundred percent, and not in a jealous way, in an, in an envious way. But you, way you couldn't lose a tie. No. you were done. One and done. And he, Stephen Kenny spoke about this last week. Mm. He still has regrets about uh, their twenty fifteen team that lost to Batty in twenty seventeen to Rosebank. I think I think the dog twenty fifteen were probably as good as twenty sixteen. That was Towel and his. You know, mm. you can you can argue that, but they lost the Batty and they were done. But I was thinking your Kiev team. Um, Shells did get a second chance against Lille that time when they lost to Deportivo but but pretty much yeah. you had to do incredibly well to yeah. get that second chance Bowes when they lost to Red Bull Salzburg were strong at that time and you're just done yeah, that's yeah. it and that must whereas I'm sure though you would have fancied yourselves yeah, to, we, to we, go and beat another losing champion if you when you were knocked out that time if you know what I mean yeah at the, I, I think I, I, we've done an article about because it it's the 14 year anniversary of it as well and like you said that second chance that ability to go again that you're pushing for something to get like to where you want to be as a club but then right we haven't quite got there we've given it everything but now we refocus onto this and you can move on and you can go again and you can take confidence from what you just done and bring it into that leg we were done and we're in I think six weeks the club ends up folding yeah so it's a double it's not yeah. even that you miss out on that you end up missing out on your whole your contract is gone You've, I, I now it goes without saying obviously it shouldn't have been anywhere near that precarious that you no. were so reliant on and Rovers in fairness are you know they're in a solid financial but it's the absolute slide but it's exactly yeah, yeah, it is yeah. and like I, I, I mentioned this about it like Paul's tactics for that for that night and I know Wally Cattle has touched on it when he was on were, were tremendous really really good he, he, he knew but he, gave, he made us believe he had a chance he changed his team around a little bit he put Paul Keegan at the bottom of it, um, which normally Paul had played, but he put Shane Robinson to the right of Paul and he put Ollie Cattle to the left of him. We had Kadozovic off the left oh, yeah. and we had Richie Good Baker player. off the right, but it gave us legs on the inside of the pitch. So we were able to outrun them inside the pitch. And Paul was, that's where, I know Shane had spoke to Paul. We, we had been knocked out against Helsingborg the previous year and we just weren't able to run with them. They had top class midfielders. I think one of them ends up signing for Parma. 
that summer and we weren't able to run and Shane said to Paul we've no legs inside would he listen to that like would he listen in fairness to Paul yeah yeah. depends how you approached him if you (laughs) if you went at him in front of people he wasn't if you if you went and spoke to him properly and said listen this is what I feel he, he would take it on board at times other times he, he wasn't but it's his prerogative it was his team and I see that now as a coach and a manager sometimes where you're like this is what we see and this is the way it's going to be just, just actually would, would that have been the greatest result of Irish teams we'll say this century would it if they'd beaten like I, I, I'm wondering now I'm just trying to think did they get hammered by Moscow in the next round no, or the other way around they, they hammered ham- Moscow 9-0 yeah 9-0 I think it would have been race. right up there sorry I was trying to actually it was yeah because we were like myself. Yeah. we gave them that much of a fright that they went out I think yeah. they got to the semi-final that year as well Yeah. the year before Helsingborg got to the semi-final after knocking us out too so like we in fairness the last 15-20 minutes they were gone Dan you oh, think yeah, you were there, they there, were gone yeah, they were on their knees and you're explaining to people you're trying to explain the feeling in the stadium and it's very hard to mm. when you're on the pitch to go everybody the tension in the place was they were gone there was a massive yeah. and even after the game the relief that went through the stadium and when they we had to go down to the corner and the tunnel was the tunnel wasn't in the middle of the pitch it was right down near they're their fans down that end. So we went up to the drop, the fans clapped and all that. And we walked back down and the whole stand sort of stood up and clapped. The people that were left in yeah. clapped. Lovely, yeah. And when you're saying that to people, you're thinking, sounds like Rudy or something. It's a bit, isn't it? Like, mm. but yeah, this is what happened. And then <laughs> I was walking by their dressing room. So the, the dressing rooms were, had like a sliding door on them. And I had been playing against the boy Bangora and the, the other lad. Sliding door dressing room? Like it. Like the door would slide open instead of swing open. That's a mad one. Two yeah, sliding doors moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so there it's you an go. actual sliding door. And uh, I'd been playing against the boy Bangor up front and I hadn't swapped jerseys with anyone. And when I had my jersey over my shoulder and I just opened the door and I went and I pointed at him. But the manager was in the middle of going absolutely like he's ripping them. And whatever, like in, yeah. in Ukrainian, he's shouting, shouting. And he's gone, what? Like this. And I went, here. Send yours in like that and pointed at him, and he just went. <laughs> he just put his head down, and I, I could see a man. The, the manager's pointing at him, going, "What?" And then two minutes later, the, the jersey comes in the That's door. Like, so it was just. Yeah. Now I was going to wear it on here, but yeah, it would have been up there. I mean, I would have been up there. I think. I think it would have. Like, yeah, I, think, would, yeah. I mean, like. I don't know. He, they just, they just it's bought, very hard to, it's they very just hard bought to the midfield. I remember, Dan, they just bought a lad who played in the Euros for Croatia for like six million. Yeah, the cla- it was the classic thing as well because they took off Malevsky, didn't they? And it was in that they probably thought they were fine. And it was, the, it, you know, it's the classic, you stay there long enough. And this, this is my point, actually, because you list that draw the team. That was quite an experienced group that you had. And like there was some younger lads in there. I mean, how old were you at that stage? I was 25, I think. 25, okay. But like you had sort of sort of good, like Ollie Cattle would have been around and sort of senior We brought in experience pros. in terms of Stuart Bourne and Ollie yeah. and Richie Baker. But we, we Paul Keegan was 24. Brian Shelley was 27. Shane Robinson was 27. So we had it. Our spine was. You were because I would have spoken on. You heard us speaking a couple of weeks ago. Look, I was looking at the age profile of the Shamrock Rovers squad and thinking, God, are they almost a small, a small bit old here? In the sense that they're missing one or two. I think I brought this up first. Players in that sort of in the, in the early twenties bracket, mm. if you know what I mean. Lack of pace. Yet, would you look at it now and see how they managed the two the two games against Shrewsbury and think, well, no, actually. That that benefit of experience has really stood to them here. Like I think, 
I've, I've obviously listened to your podcast because I'd be, I've grown really well with the two of you and you've been very good to me and even helped me get on to off the ball. So I appreciate that and I'm, I'm very grateful for that side of it because obviously I'm new to media. So I listen to, to you quite a lot and some of the points you make I, I agree with in, in that. See when you're saying about like area of player was we were probably more battle hard and so when the game yeah. got scrappy so when you mentioned Bala say that game like that wouldn't have happened to one of our teams in the yeah. 2000s because the games were like that we were more battle hard and they were like you could have played against shells we didn't play out in the back we, we very rarely played out in the back against the top team because you were like what they're, they're gonna press and let's not so we were able to be a bit more combative and and, and things like that so that's and, and that side of it I agree but then I seen what Rovers done in the two games and I think I think Stephen uh, full credit to Stephen Bradley I think he got his tactics really spot on because he decided to turn them every now and then mm. and those balls that were put in the, the first 10 minutes they turned them three or four times and it deepens your team then and um, Magaveshvili isn't the quickest on the turn he hasn't got a great recovery pace so Gaffney scares him and as a centre back when you're scared about pace you don't want to push up then and then the gaps either side of the six was frightening. So I think what, what you're saying about Gaffney's willing to run, Finn is still willing to run, Lyons is willing to run, the, the age profile bringing in Idemo Maku who can run, uh, Ferrazoi who's come in and played well, do you, do you think he is starting to breed more younger players in, but they're coming in with experience beside them where they're able to sit, they're able to tell them it's time to run now. Yeah. It's not time to run now. And and it's that ability to say to a midfielder and the, and the centre back stand clearly is young, Sean Hoare is young enough that they're able to say, you need to get going here or you need to stay. And and that's what centre backs bring in terms of experience. But that's what experienced players bring to say, calm it down. When Aaron Green plays with that energy and that pace and that power, that's what, that's what he brings to the team. He's another player I thought. This, you know, I think he... Just, just on Stephen Bradley though, if, if you think of the, the, the year he's had in a personal level, and it's almost like, oh, uh, you know, you have to deal with that. But yeah, you have to get on with, you know, your football. Like, how, how in the name of God can you deal with what he has to deal with mentally? But like, in fairness to him, the, the Shamrock Rovers board is one thing. The dressing room and all that, I think he does deserve a bit of credit because it's it's not easy to manage all these personalities. Yeah. Maybe MacPhail and Cronin and, and the lads help, but like... Dan was before you came on, Graham. Dan was saying, "Well, if he did go to Lincoln, what might necessarily ha what might happen?" And I, I think he probably does deserve credit for just when you see all these personalities. And I was like, "How are they? How are they all going to play? Like, how are they all going to keep performing for him?" And notwithstanding the year he's had in the personal level, and he seems to have just handled it. Yeah, but it's not that I, when you're sitting here saying he deserves credit, hundred percent he, he deserves not a little bit of credit. He deserves a lot of credit. Like he misses a week because of his son Josh, who, who got who got ill, and he's able to like he's sleeping sometimes in the hospital with him, and then he's coming up to train, and that and that's where you touch on the experience of the squad, and that the whole squad rode in behind him. Glenn and Steve McPhail have done great. The club have helped them. So uh, I was on here last year, and I spoke about how different people are doing things for different parts of the club, but the simple fact is the club has put all these people in place to, to do their job and they are doing it. They all deserve massive credit for doing the job, but it's, it's a club effort. But Stephen, in fairness, Stephen has shown massive resilience as a person because he's, his mother passed away as well while he was in the job at Rovers and it's been tough. And I think he has a connection to the place now because he's gone through these things while he's been at the club. But he's been, I thought his tactics were spot on. I think how he handles people in that 
Stephen knows how to talk to footballers and he always had that ability and people have always looked to him for advice and whether, whether when he was a player or even a, a drawdown and Pats people always what's your opinion on the game and he was always able to be very articulate about it so it doesn't surprise me that he's doing great and he deserves he deserves massive credit for he's getting everything out of that squad that you can and he's keeping them going through like you said they might be tired they're a little bit like their age profile might be high but he's brought in two young players and like you said, Maku's goal record in Europe is fantastic. Yeah, and no, I think I think they've brought an item is just a great option to have, and it'd be great to see how he does in whatever group stage campaign they end up in. I think like, I think uh, Stephen Bradley's interesting, like interesting, like uh, like a lot of managers. There's obviously what they say after a game. I think I think he's one that after a game, like he 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 won't say too much of what he's thinking. I think when he was starting off, he'd be very honest. I think now, like after the Flora Talon game last year, probably would have been that was a tough one to take, yeah. and probably would have been a small bit defensive a little bit in the afternoon. No, they're a good side. They're a good side. Last night he's like we let ourselves down last year in that game, which was something I'm not sure if he said that really since as clearly. It's all been like no, they were a good side. But then when you can actually, when you've done something, when you've maybe crossed that sort of threshold, you've done it, he's more like, nah, we let ourselves down. And I think that must have niggled away at them because you commentate on that game. And I'm struck, I'm struck by what you were saying earlier about Hoare and Cleary. And all of that. They did the basics really well last night. At times in Europe, they haven't done the basics well at all. And that's what's killed them, really, yeah. as much as anything. And it must be nice to sort of, to try and leave that in the rearview mirror because... That was a that was a little blot on his copybook there, and it's, it's not fair. That's always on the manager, but that was the box he needed to tick. Was that group stage run and yeah. losing to an Estonian team is not the way to go out if you're Rovers. And again, you're right. And what 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 Stephen will do is he'll internalise it rather than go out publicly. Yeah. With it. And I, and I think sometimes I think at the start when like you said he probably came out as being dishonest manager and then his words get changed and twisted and they're used against them. So he's a bit more guarded with what he puts out now. Mm. And and if, if that was the way Stephen always was when I when I knew him as a kid, he was always very guarded. Like I, I would do interviews and me and I think I think me and me and him done one for Paul once. Paul done one for me and him because we were both from Jobstown and the yeah. two of them are travelling. Dulo. Yeah, we don't Dulo done one for what's it like having Graham and Stephen because we were I think I was 21, Stephen was 20, we were kids in a candy shop or something, was, yeah. the, head, was the headline or something, and uh, Paul comments on us, me and Stephen done it, and he was always quite guarded with what who he let into his in, in, in his trust, yeah, and I see that side of him with the media, but I don't blame him because again, a lot of the stuff... I oh, know, I don't have a problem yeah, with yeah. it, I'd like to and a lot of the stuff gets twisted, but I do know the European stuff would have would have annoyed him because I do think he's done, he's won the FAI Cup, he's won back-to-back leagues, he wants to have a go at Europe, he wants to make an, an impact, he feels the squad is able to do it, and, and I think he's put that right, and I, again, to, going back to basics is something that Every player has to do with like you, you. You come down the game we played over in in uh, La Vida Talon. Yeah. If you remember the home leg, I made an absolute ricket in that game where I dropped the pass back short. Oh, yeah, I, I remember. I remember you scored over there, and it was a big thing because there was a sense of atonement or yeah. something. Yeah. But like I, I remember even just speaking to Steve, like because Stephen wasn't with us, but just he just said because he was at the game and he says, "Graham, just go, just go back to doing what you're doing. Just be a defender, like and." If you're the defender forced, you'll play off the back of that. But if you mm. go out thinking you're a player forced, you forget to defend. So uh, it was that type of thing that like would have 
I've seen that last Because it's funny, it you, saw, you, saw, uh, sorry, you saw Sean Hoare in Ludogorets after the third, like ripping off his jersey, going absolutely crazy. And I don't know what that, like, I'm not sure if it was just about the third goal. I think maybe he might have been done but, earlier on. But even last year, I think he probably had a tough enough no, night. No, but remember in and it was like. He got too tight for the goal, right? And he, he made a couple of mistakes himself in Europe where he was like, this can't happen again. Yeah. And then yeah. it was then it had happened. And right, the scales, yeah. scales made a mistake at the end of the the Talon yes. game last year, where you're like that 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 can't happen at that point in the game. And was it Pico or Hor should have put him over the line? Yeah, in the first and, and then obviously was, then yeah. they, they try and play against Ludo Gretz and they're like that can't happen again, and it hasn't do, happened. Do you again. know on, on 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 that though? Like and like see my fail. I I I think if um I don't know if see my fail came from a, a different country, he might have been more of a footballer because he came. Everyone I speak to that played under age, Steve McPhail, is oh, like, was what a footballer. But maybe because he was Irish, it was it's stymied his development, whatever. But if you look at, like, Steve McPhail's involved, and, and Dan slags me about the young managers, but all these all these personalities now are in the league trying to trying to do better than each other, trying to outdo each other. All these, like... I wouldn't say they're trying to outdo each other. Well, well they're, try, I, I, they're trying not to outdo the each other. They they're they're trying the best they can be. But like, Duffer is an old manager with the League of Ireland standards because yeah, you have true. all these lads sort of 37, 38. And I think, in fairness to Rovers, they did stick with Bradley when... It looked like the percentage so, call was to, you know, and I think there's a lesson here, which is basically like trust in your manager, or at least give give him more, give him a chance, like, and yeah, they did give him a chance. But it's um, not even that, Johnny. Like, and you you touch on a lot of good topics on this about, like, say, is this good for the league that Rovers get this group money? And and what's someone, your answer? And someone's compared. What do you think? So yeah, but someone's compared it to Dundalk. But what again? And, and you you were around the Dundalk a lot more than I was at that at that particular time. What have Dundalk got to show for their, their financial rewards that they got out of two group stages? It's so Ro- Rovers oh, Rovers made a mistake when they got to the group stages that they didn't reinvest it back into the football club. They reinvested into players. The players then left. Where's the money gone? So what happened was when when Stephen came in with with the the board with the members board and he took out and and he gave Stephen the job was. You're going to suffer for a little while here because our budget isn't going to be as strong as Dundalk's or, or other people in the Cork league. Cork will be able to Correct. Come. But we're going to build... So we're going to build a proper training ground on Talla because we, my team was training the AOL. When Stephen took over from Pat Fenland, they were training the AOL. So then all of a sudden they became Talla-based. They then build up Roadstone. So, and then what happens is they start building up the club. They get another stand put on. There's more crowd coming. So they've built it where it's progressive rather than a big flood now they've got group stage money where they can invest both in the squad and the club again. They're not waste. It's not going to waste. You're not going to waste the money. They, but like they were struggling to still balance the books Correct. while winning leagues here. I mean, this is how important mm. the thing is. Mm. Like are people talking about Rovers with a. It's not quite the point you're making, but people are talking about Rovers with this big pot of money. And to be yeah. fair, right? They did. They've recruited heavily in the last like the dark. The Knox budget was so big, like yeah. you know, they it, they still had the biggest budget until until this season. But but obviously, Rick Rovers were able to try. But four they've years, grown that four year deals, three and a half year deals. But like, they still they they still needed something. They needed to get to the group stages yeah. as part of their plan. Let's be blunt about. It. I mm. think if they kept missing the group stages, well, they got three million for Bazuna as well. Well, that yeah. helps, and that's that what helps. that's exactly. So yeah. again, but they've also got money for other players. Scales has been sold. There's been other players that've mm. been sold. There's been underage players that've been sold that people. It, it, it is lovely so as well. I, I want to watch it. What I'm saying is, it's, it's a building process, yeah. Johnny, where it, that's where I think when people say, is it good? Well, you're giving money, you're, you're putting money on top of a roof that has solid foundations. Where if you're, 
you're putting money on top of that'll just crumble. Like if if we had got our money out of if we had got qualification with the Kiev game, that money just would have went into keeping the squad going. Yeah, probably would have. Mm. Yeah. Like and yeah. you had a tweet about and I remember a reply to you. You were saying we failed this generation, and Johnny Martin was brilliant last week in describing that. Your wife brought out all these things that you needed for licensing during the two thousands. They weren't that they weren't as severe as they are now, but none of the clubs acted on it. Where yeah. the stadiums were like we we played four we played three years in Europe. Not one of them European nights was in Drogheda. That's a sh- crying shame. And the ground is no better now. Dundalk have had Europe great European mm. nights, and they've been in Tallaght. Pats are going to have a great European night. In it's going to be in Tallinn. Mm, yeah. Bowls have a great European nights, and they're in the and they're in the Aviva. So again, we if you're building that so that these European nights can be in their communities where it is, that's how the, the football will grow. And so where do you see Rovers in five years? Then I know it's a really hard question to answer, but what's your vision for where you think Rovers might be in five years' time? My vision mm. would be that. Um, they're constantly qualifying for group stages, whether that's through winning the league or, or other avenues. I think they'll they, they'll challenge for the title for the next three year, for the next three or four years. They'll challenge yeah. to say that they'll go and win it. I, I wouldn't want to be disrespectful to the to the rest of the league to say that they're going to dominate for the next five years. That's wrong. I, I think their foundations are in place that they don't go away, and that's that's the big thing is that players will come and go, but the club will. Will stay strong. And what about the? Cause and the, then I think the player, like I said to you, I think putting players into a, putting young players into a, a strong squad and a strong ethos and a strong club and a, and a club force approach is better than putting her, putting them in willy nilly. Because that first that first, Rovers batch. all the way through batch, they're sort of coming to the boil now, right? The 16, 17, yeah, like. Again, I don't name check young players, and I spoke to to Johnny. Don't, don't name check him anyway. I, I spoke to Johnny about name checking young players because you put too much pressure Aye, on them. Yeah, but you're right there. We've a lot of Irish. We've a lot of four, of four or five Irish internationals in the 16 squad. We've probably going to have about seven or eight in the 15 squad, so that they are coming. Um, Stephen's aware of them, but the way we, the way Shane and, and we're looking at it is, what can we do to make sure that they're ready when it's time for them to go. And and there's, there's going to be opportunities come. This year, last year was Idemo because they were short of striker. Next year, there might be a right wing back because Andy Lyons gets out. You never know yeah. which which position is ready to go. And yeah, and we have to make sure that they're ready. So the transition year programme that Stephen Gray is running is fantastic. Stephen they're get, Gray. So they're getting full-time training. And then they're going to go, instead of them going back to school for fifth and sixth year, they stay. Yeah, we do. sometimes do press conferences in the classroom and uh, yeah. sit in the classroom yeah. with all the names on the seats. And stuff. I think yeah. a broader point on, but then, on yeah, that. But then they, they're training full time. So yeah. when Stephen wants to call on them, that. I, I, I think like Justin Fergie's like limited involvement since that amazing cameo has been interesting because I was like, geez, I'd love to see this player more often. Interesting. interesting. And I, um, well, I was here last year and you asked me who's going to go next. And I said to be him. Yeah. And he's been like very, very like eased into it. Eased into it. I think he, I think it might have been at his Stan's debut. When he's he's trying to, Alton's a bit of a character on yeah, Twitter. Alton, I actually, Alton, <laughs> does, Alton does the door on shopping, cent- on shopping centers in Jobstown and Tallaght. Jordan the day you told me that now I'm so like he, yeah, why he, do you need and he's like we need Darman <laughs> Jordan the day 
Yeah, I, I just don't want. I just don't want Justin to leave the league because I want Alton to become a bigger yeah. character within it. But it, like just briefly on that, like is Shamrock Rovers getting the group stage? Go to the League of Ireland. I do think it's a bit likely Kenny and Hurling and that and Dublin football. You have to raise your standards to match them. And I think at underage and everyone else, if Shamrock Rovers are going to this level, other clubs like Derry, St Pat's at the moment, they have to try and raise their standards. And I well, think the one thing it, about Rovers that, is a good thing in a way. Like, yeah, sorry. I think the one thing about Rovers is, and this is my point, like. Like you look at it in dark thing now, and they did nothing with the stadium. Like, and it was incredibly frustrating. The Rovers thing. Uh, we'll talk about Rovers here. Isn't a great, and people will say, and and I can understand why they will say it. They say, well, they've had a stadium built for them, you know, and that's not the situation in like we're in Sligo here. We're trying to get funding for a stadium or Finn Harp. Look or, at Pat's issues. You know, like Pat's issues exactly. Who were like you know the, the whole Richmond Arena thing. There, you know, they had a very strong case, and, and time makes yeah. it stronger. Um. But in a way, that can be used to drive home the argument to those places that people yeah. look at Rovers go, look at Rovers, they're killing us now. And mm. they were given a stadium by South Dublin County Council. Now, they, they, they did stuff with the stadium and they've brought stuff to the area. But like, I think that at least you can try and use that as an argument yeah. to drive the facility. Absolutely. Whereas exactly. if, this was, if it was an oil magnate had yeah. built them a, a sort of a, an arena... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like, yeah. I, I think you could possibly then, use that to make the, the case and get on to other councils and say, absolutely. Correct. But the council in Tala, for example, the council in Tala here, like, what else was in Tala? Like, oh, like, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. It's still very like little there. Like, I, like you, everyone has a different perception. I grew up in Tala, I was born in 83. There was nothing in typical Tala. Irish planning, like no, there was nothing in Tala yeah. until the square was built. Now, if I told you I went, like, do you know the only sport we had in Tala was stock car racing and killing Arden, like stock car racing, like mad stuff, mm. like people getting and the, it got shut down because someone got knocked down. I was going to say where, like, when did this stop? I don't like it was madness. Yeah. Like there was mad stuff. Like so, for us to play any type of decent football, you had to leave Tala. For us to, to, so you either went into boxing or you went into football. We didn't have a lot of sport. Like there was no, there was people trying to sell Gaelic football teams here and there, but the, everything just started and drifted away mm. because the talent just got taken out. How do you think uh, Pats will get on? I think Pats will do really well. Mm. I was talking to Owen Doyle last night. I think the game plan that they had for going away was excellent. I think what Dan touched on about them defending the box and Joe Redmond was excellent. So if they're going to give up crosses. Barry McCarthy, sorry, that you know well from uh, yes, the... Yes, uh, yeah. You clear the head. You clear the head. Um, so he's... Uh, I actually quite liked it. So I, I got to know Barry because he sold me a bike, stayed in touch with him. His, his father-in-law and... His father-in-law and <laughs> mother-in-law... Know, I went from Pat's to Pat's this. Pat's the boss His, his father-in-law and mother-in-law... Um, the ADHD. Gave me, me a lift home from, uh, <laughs> from the game on Thursday and... Just like two doors down for the gaff. Oh, that's Joe Redmond's house, by the way. Like, and this is Dublin. Like, these are local yeah. people. And it's like, geez, Joe Redmond, this lad's a serious footballer. But he's committed to Pats now, which yeah, an inspired bit of signing. Like, like if, if we touched on stuff as well. He'll, that, get, like, he'll get attention now. Yeah, though. he is. Mm. He's done great. And, and, and again, they, they play in. They go, we'll, we'll give up crosses and, and we'll defend them and hitting the break. And what you said about having pace. One of the year again, Shane Barrett was there to outlet one of the years when we beat HJK. Mm. He got two penalties for us against them in the in Daily Mount. And he was air out that we played him off the left and his pace was electric. Did you even look at the, your man that Dundalk had uh, with the, the dreadlocks last year who'd come on and um, he was barely played in the European games two, two years two ago. Years Nathan ago. Ottawa. Nathan Ottawa. They couldn't, like, even he'd come on, he was a bit part player, but you can't, like, these teams struggle with pace. And I think. It's just about balance, though, it's isn't it? Balance. I, think balance is, um, I think sometimes, like, as you 
see teams in Europe. This is my point. We have, we have teams that are quite technically good, but they have no. You need something. You need I think B. Rovers has had one or two games in Europe where they've mm. been a small bit like, and that's where they go to Aaron Green, or that's where yeah. they go for that outball where they haven't had it. The, 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 on a bad day, they can be a little bit sterile. But on a good day, and I think that's why they tactically have just Jesus managed Gaffney's been sensational. So well. oh, he's in been fairness, like, like, he's going to be in the shout for Player of the Year awards. Yeah, he would be. I yeah. think he's been he's been unplayable at times, and he holds the ball up well. He links the game well. He gets a lot of assists. He's scoring goals. He's been see where you think. How do you deal with him? You're questioning because he can he can burn you with a bit of pace. He can so hold the ball intelligent. Like he should be playing for Galway. No, I think one of the things I remember team. watching him years ago playing. I think it was at Salt Hill, Devon, and yeah. you. Um, but I think you look at the likes of Rory Gaffney. You look at like Rory Gaffney came to football reasonably late. Someone like Lee Grace was in the army. Yeah, and we actually Neil Ewing was on to us. Who's a GA player who's doing a bit of column mm. at the end though. But he's he's um, he was tweeting away about like is this whole point about the league becoming a development league and within that we were making the point there was a few people involved in a discussion about like maybe the importance of this third tier or something because you'll know this, this is what I'm interested in like you have your crop of players who are 16, 17 but of course they get to 19 as you know and okay maybe one of them is ready or two of them is ready or maybe five of them are ready which is brilliant or maybe a couple of them will go away like there's all these things that can happen to them but what happens to the rest and like I think sometimes like we have to deepen our player pool here because the likes of a Gaffney or a Lee Grace or some of these people that come to like full time reasonably late, like we, we can lose them. Like yeah. you lose them if there's nothing there for them. I think and like I think you said, making room for them is the big thing. Um, we've done that with the with the national leagues now because if, if you didn't go to the UK when you were fifteen or sixteen very difficult where do you play at what level do you play at where do you go because it was just a, it was just a cliff wasn't it like if you didn't get to the UK by 15 or 16 wasn't a lot thankfully that. that narrative has changed so that's changed yeah. so we're going like to said, we're gonna have to wrap up Garth and Fort Dan, Dan has Astro uh, in 38 There's minutes it's not about the Astro that's not my concern Jim. that is you look, you look my, like your watch my concern there. is the quiz because we didn't do your quiz last week's quiz question. Do you remember what it was? Well, I mean, I'm not going to give the question again, but the answer it was, was big, long Damien Richardson. Rico, quotes. what a legend! It could have been. It couldn't have been yeah. more obvious that it was Damien Richardson. Yeah. You, you could have left it at one quote. Who was the winner? <laughs> um, the winner was everyone who listens. Because I mean, we can't get a can't get everyone's a, a, winner. Apart can't from, get enough of Damien Richardson. All but one of them who was actually an actual winner. Who was it? Uh, in the end, there were no losers. In a more accurate way, Phelan Warren was the winner. Ah, he's, yeah. a, he's co-common he does co-common with Rovers it's always a connection it's always a connection Small world. the other thing I meant to say was that um, can, can I do this please question let, let, yes, let's do a yes that, that, that would be the, the logical follow yeah, on before you go off to like <laughs> Joe Redmond's house or something I mean I just have this image just of, down the road I have this image like, of you I, I have this image of you uh, standing outside Joe, Joe Redmond's house Joe Joe you're like that kid in the in Up you know when the, the squirrel go a squirrel that's you just aunt and distraction right, I'm, I'm 39 years of age 14 Dan you're working on your 40s yeah, yeah, Dan's Dan going to be 14 in a few he's weeks he's completely distracted I know what's he's the question he, this week Graham has managed to pick up on your what age will Dan be in three weeks <laughs> is that an orange box over there I can I go know. and play with like mm. just like you just Inability. I'd the say, box, the box. I'd, I'd say you're a nightmare to go shopping with, grocery shopping with, because you're walking through the aisle. It's like, I'm going to get some bread, but you get down to the till and you've got everything else. Oh, the middle oil. The middle oil, I'd say, in Aldi or Little would kill you. You just come out with like wetsuit or something. Don't need these. <laughs> don't How do I end up with cheap condoms? <laughs> 
Um, and I've got a, a shower speaker. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why I don't even know a shower. Speaking of a shower, this week's we're a right shower. Speaking of this week's speaking of showers, this week's quiz question. This is actually uh, it's, it's topical in some ways. Did you just ways. come up with this? Yes, well, I came up with it earlier. Um, so we had a League of Ireland away win last night. We had one last week, and they didn't used to be that common. So the first League of Ireland away win of the 2000s. Um, there hadn't been an away win in 18 years prior to that, right? So there was a, a sort of a memorable away win for a League of Ireland club. It was first in, the, in this century. It was on the year, it was in the year 2000. It wasn't Aberdeen and Bowes, which happened afterwards. It was like, you wait for buses, you wait for one away win. And Shells won, it was Shelburne, and they won in Macedonia against the team that is now... Shoopy. They were Slogo Yoga Madness who, who merged oh, with yeah. another club. The question is, who scored the winning goal for that Irish club? He's been mentioned earlier on this show, but mm. we can't say any more than that. Who was the player who scored the winning goal for Shelburne and what was at the time a massive story? Like This is, in a way, there's a reflective of progress that now we're talking about potentially like five, knock- five or six teams progressing in one year, which involves a lot of away wins like Bala, Motherwell, uh, the Shoopy one. Um, and we, we've had uh, Pats and Sophia but in 2000 it was just routine that every Irish team away from home they just didn't win um, but this was a landmark game who scored the winner get your answers in LOI yeah. Central Pod on Twitter and or Instagram very briefly now it looks like League of Ireland teams in Europe um, you just kind of expect them to actually perform well home and away much of the time now and it's fairly regular that uh, like you look at Bowes last year ever since Dundalk in 2016 I think we've been on the up well, first no, well I think Graham would make the point that there was actually probably good results in the 2000s as well too it just but dropped it, off cause uh, the, the, the because the financial collapse like, I'm just saying the, the, the body of results in the 2000s was, was extremely good as well absolutely um, the league was was very competitive like yeah. We, like, yeah like the games you had were like but, but, uh, every team had top centre backs every team had top strikers you were like it was there was four or five teams every year that you thought this is yeah. like going mm-hmm. to you, if you got a draw out of Brandywell and you got a draw out of Turner's Cross if you took if you went down there twice and went up there twice and you came out with two draws you'd be like yeah because I should mention we haven't done a huge amount of league stuff here we did a fixture like I was at Dundalk Derry last week I was going to mention haven't that. even mentioned that um, like enjoyable game pitch is still crap stadium still crap and Mark Cannon the new director of football is there and thinking look oh, at this geez. we have a product with potential give it a better stage because yeah. that could have been a very good game last week it was still quite an enjoyable game but the pitch and everything didn't help but I must say I was looking at the benches now there's a couple of um, factors you know Robbie Benson was injured yeah, I, I hope you weren't looking at the actual he, bench, he, he, but the people on the bench. He was on the, the bench. bench was probably in he was bad on the bench. Well. <laughs> yeah, probably is actually. Yeah, it's yeah. just a scrape. Um, Robbie Benson. You had Alfie Lewis on the bench. You had Keith Ward on the bench for uh, Dundalk. Derry had Michael Duffy on the bench. Brandon Cavan and Jamie McGonagall, for, amongst others. Patching wasn't I, I, Patching wasn't involved, and and I was sort of looking at this going. These actually are decent enough squads, like Dundalk and Derry mm. here. Like these, and they're are, both backed by a lot the, of money. The, like. These are okay. No, they are backed by a lot of money. Um, but you're sort of thinking, like you know, Rovers have a little bit of a cushion. That's why this is a big game for them in Derry, and it's a big game for them in Dundalk at home to Dundalk the week after. And while I still think Rovers will win the league, they are going to be playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Derry have to win all, Friday all the way through mm. the season, and it's not easy. And but I, I, anyway, I just was looking to knock Derry going, yeah, if these can hold on to these squads and, and add one or two, like, they're, they'll be okay next year, you know? And I think, you go back to your point, uh, Gareth, about how the league was very strong. 
and you want the, that though. the 2000s like, like that, I remember Jeff Kenna's Pat's team who were tanking at the time went on that amazing run where they beat Sovetov mm. and, and they won it was at Valletta prior to that and you're looking at Pat's having an inconsistent year this year and yet they could end up in the, in the playoff stage so that's you know, it's reasonably encouraging I think sure, Pat's even Sligo like Sligo yeah, got through two rounds yeah they got they, they, listen their domestic form eventually came into Europe with them at, at mm. the end but still um, maybe maybe Dundalk and Derry can and, and Pat's if they can become more the, consistent the, they, the, can, they can make life a little uh, bit harder for Rovers than we might think absolutely and um, I did want to bring what up, a header by Huben by the way yes yeah, she's oh. Patrick Huben right Rory Gaffney and Darren oh, Hardy never played for Gaw United nothing to do with the show well, it does because it's I'm bringing up the fixtures. Going out are playing Watford, um, and unfortunately, Dan, we we didn't really mention, as you mentioned, we didn't really mention the league games. Go United drop points to Wexford, six points behind Cork City. To me, now it looks like Cork City is very much their lead to lose. Cork okay. City will be back. There's a Pat Dolan column here, but yeah. they, I think he was right. Mind games. He, Six have points. a game in hand as well. Six po- it's going to be six points with a superior goal difference. And going out to play Cork at home, but going out to visit Watford Friday, Bray Wanderers, Longford Town, uh, Wexford Cove Ramblers. Um, and the, we, we, we should give the first division a bit of credit. It's been an interesting, interesting. Cork City versus uh, Treaty United. Um, and then Monday, Cork City play Watford. So the, <laughs> for going out at the next. Uh, four or five days is massive Derry City Shamrock Rovers you, we've barely mentioned and Dan UCD Finn Harps Finn Harps quickly yeah. reasserted in the uh, but this is a massive game for UCD massive. big win for Harps yeah it's something, it was a Harps-ish thing they just produced that performance and like mm. they won they won comprehensively as well Bose Dundalk um, and Shells <laughs> Shells have a game uh, Shells they up go, and draw down. and then on Sunday's uh, Pats v Sligo is that on? That's Pats v Sligo Rovers. It is on. Yeah. Keep. Now I don't know what uh, I'm. I'm wary of saying these things, but again, like Pats are at home again next week, so it's in between two home games. So it's probably a harder case to make. But but who knows? They they might make it. Um. But I I don't know. They, they, again, I think Pats stuff is going to play out across Wednesday and Thursday. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week but it's been good having Graham in hasn't it ah yeah I mean I'm just looking at would you just like Graham to co-commentate on aspects of your life John <laughs> I think right like, I think you possibly need that that like you could be just Sorry, uh, I you'd be completely yeah. distracted not even listen well, you, well, that's you, actually the point you, you go on a, a bike ride through town and then Graham could analyse and go no I see what's going to happen here you know Johnny's got distracted here by the, the barber on the street or he's just got distracted by this shop or this window or this light and he could commentate I, and provide see, some analysis I know I know I do look in Come on, they're away to Linfield on Sunday. It's a pretty tough start to the season for them. For You've seen a pair of jorts, he likes. On a Sunday, is that? Thanks for coming in. Uh, as pleasure. What's, as your, what's your bone you have to pick with him? Yeah, come on. Well, that's uh, that's going to be off air. Oh, yeah, you just yeah. after teasing everyone. Yeah, he's he made, a, he be made the a comment about the my great, personality that might have been right. The, 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 so. great, the greatest <laughs> off air discussion since Doolin and Gartland after the, the pod last year. Actually, I will mention it. You kind of vaguely accused me of having ADHD. This was never said to me before, but a girl said this to me about two weeks ago. I think you've ADHD because I have it. And we were having like a cigarette break and then it kind of fizzled out. Two weeks later, the big man said it to me just before we come on air. I mean, the podcast, the podcast presenter should not have ADHD, by the way. Uh, why not? Because, I mean, it's supposed to be a functioning kind of... Anybody can have it. It doesn't stop you, do, it doesn't stop you doing your job. Yeah, it's not. It's, mm. yeah. Relax there. It's not the, the, like a debilitating... Very, very briefly, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very briefly. Last question. <laughs> How is all it. going at Rovers underage this season? All yeah, good? great. All the boys are flying. They've been the under-14 league eventually took place. Eventually <laughs> took place. And then he'd be... Because ro- I, I went on a bit of a rant about it before, but... 
like you just want people to make the right decisions for the players and the the kids to get them playing football. And to be honest, that's I, Pat Flynn was on the show two weeks ago. Johnny Martin, they're, they're all ex teammates of mine that just want players to play football and at the highest possible level they can. Go United under fourteens and under fifteens played Manchester United lately. That's Won it. both games. Just saying. Yeah. Not bad standards. Um, a Galway thing. That te- that game in a, in in Lissy Woolen. Yeah, th- listen, it's it's good to see a, a generation of future Shamrock Rovers and Dalkin Derry players getting some getting experience <laughs> at that age. Yeah, yeah, anyway, let's never play for the senior team. That's <laughs> gotta hurt. Uh, best of luck to Pat's. Um, unless you don't want them to win, which is fair no, enough. You, that's like, fine. I want them to win. Um, what do you mean? Don't, don't throw that out. Making it. No, not you. Oh, but I mean, the people, you not you everyone listening wants wants Pat's to win. Um, but I I hope they do. Obviously, so not shells. Probably at the moment, the shells. Well, Duffer be at the game. Uh, Duffer, I don't know, let us know. Um, <laughs> jo- joint of a club. Um, we'll be back next week.